I've said I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, today we're going to do a little little bit different. We're going to have a lot of different audio clips. Uh, It's like a potpourri of thoughts and ideas, uh, primarily focusing on equity and and also some clips from uh, Milton Freeman that just make economic sense, um, but but revolving around equity. Uh, we also want to talk about some of the other current issues of the day. So we're going to get straight to it. And um, I wanted to just uh, talk about this. It says, uh, I know it's hard to believe, but big tech AI generates the output it does because it is precisely executing the specific ideological, radical, biased agenda of its creators. The apparently bizarre output is 100% intended. It is working as designed. So, you know, the problem there is they were trying to generate these images of people, like, you know, um, and and it was just, they they were basically going off suggesting that the AI was incapable of showing people other than people of color. So every single person is a person of color. And and then, except for when you search for something like fried chicken, and then you have a white family. So it's like, you know, constantly trying to steer the stereotypes uh, away from stereotype to something something else. Now, Google's been doing this for a long time. About four years ago, I talked about this. And the one thing I was talking about was Google this. I, some YouTube re- reporter brought this to my attention and said, Google this. And it's like, okay, uh, black family with children. And you'd get nothing but white families. And so it was always giving you almost the opposite of what you would 
uh, search for. And at the time, we were talking about it, and we were saying that they're going out of their way to give you anxiety, to, to gaslight you, to tell you that black is white, that up is down, that left is right, that two plus two doesn't equal four, you know, that kind of thing. And, and that was conditioning. And they also did a study around the same time that said people are more prone to buying when they're under anxiety, under stress, when there's a lot of noise and chaos. Um, when they would get an alert saying, hey, here's a promotion, uh, 50% off, and it would pop up on their phone. And the people that were sitting in a busy train, uh, metro train, like a subway train, um, they were more inclined to buy on the fly, not thinking about the conditions of spending too much or buying things you don't need or cluttering your house right, with, with objects. So it was an interesting study, but the study resulted in people uh, that were under a lot of stress or chaos, their life was in chaos, would pacify themselves with a purchase. So that was interesting too. And, you know, that, that just gets to the other point of we're constantly being attacked and we don't even know it, through PSYOP and corruption and, you know, the lack of common sense. Like, everybody knows that this open border has resulted in just pure chaos. And the cartels are the ones that are benefiting. The politicians are getting paid off by the cartels. The corporations are the ones that are benefiting. They're getting the slave labor. The politicians are getting the ballots. Uh, from the registrations that occur with these illegals, even though they're not supposed to or not allowed to vote, they could still be paid off to ballot harvest. They could still get paid off for their ballot. And they get a ballot, and they hand it over for 10 bucks, 10 pesos. And next thing you know, you got a liberal ballot harvester filling them out. And they're not even committing mail fraud. Because it's being bought and sold. And do you think that the illegals ever going to complain? They're going to go down the city hall and say, hey, I was a victim? No way, Jose. So this is what we're up against. And this is why the left thinks they're going to prevail again. Because they've gotten away with every single thing that they wanted. Thanks to leadership like Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell and for that matter even Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and all the corrupt politicians in Washington they're they're thinking about now another omnibus bill Canada is usurping uh, taxpayer dollars to, uh, money from the middle class taxpayer by offering uh, Ukraine three billion more dollars to launder so it's just an endless stream of laundering cash, always with strings attached. And then, you know, the money goes over to Ukraine. It says they're required to actually hire these organizations in order to uh, get this loan or get this money. And sure enough, 
The money comes back into Washington, D.C. through a lobby group like West Exec, which is founded by someone like Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, who made it all possible by screwing everything up. And then those lobby groups are armed with billions of dollars in cash that they could buy and manipulate and coerce politicians into doing their dirty deeds for them. Vote this, do that, and you'll get this money. If you don't, we'll actually give it to your opponent and make sure you don't win re-election. What do you think the guy's going to do? What do you think that politician's going to do? Because they can't make a difference if they can't play on the field. And they won't if they don't bow to the authorities of the money. That's why you see all kinds of politicians that you truly believed in do the wrong thing. And you're like, wow, I thought this person was different, better. But it's not that maybe that they're, it's not, it's, it's not so much that they're a bad person. It's they're in a bad place and we need to fix Washington, D.C. somehow. And it starts with the money. But you can't stop the money until you get new laws on the books that say campaign finance. They've been talking about border security and campaign finance for decades. And not still nothing. You know, and you wonder about whether Russia was provoked to even go on Ukraine in the first place. And I say NATO's expansion, number one, was threat enough. But it turns out that we now know that there was at least 12 meta, uh, bio labs along the coastline between, you know, the dividing line between Ukraine and Russia that made Russia feel a lot of anxiety. But they just entered Sweden into NATO, ex- further expanding um, NATO aggression. And what do you get in result? What, what do you get in return? You get this woke military. They just held a parade in Sweden. Nothing but rainbow flags and homosexuals dressed up in army fatigues, marching in a military parade through the streets of Sweden, Stockholm. So it's insane. The open borders. You know, people are getting killed in our country left and right. And we have no DAs to prosecute because they're all owned and operated by Soros. This didn't happen overnight. This happened over the last 30 years. And we owe, we blame, we can blame our politicians for not doing the right thing. But now Venezuela's violent death, death toll falls to 22-year low on migration. El Salvador, same impact. They've cleaned up their crime 90%. Violent crime is down 90% in El Salvador. And violent deaths fall to 22-year low on migration. Uh, So rate is the lowest since 2001. Violence Observatory says... Suicide rate rises amid continued humanitarian crisis. So, basically, they're releasing their prisons. They're releasing prisoners from their prisons. 
the worst violent offenders. They no longer have to feed them. They no longer have to incarcerate them. They no longer have to pay that bill. They just say, get the heck out of Dodge. Don't ever come back. And not only that, if they come over to our country and we actually say, you know, you have to go back to your country, guess what? Venezuela is not taking them back. We got rid of them once. We're not taking them back. They're violent criminals. You deal with it, United States. You deal with it, Joe Biden. So Thursday, Joe Biden's going to go to Brownsville, Texas. Wow. You know, and he went to East Palestine last uh, last month, right? All in an election year. And turns out Donald Trump's going to be in Eagle Pass the same time, same station in Texas on Thursday. And Joe Biden lied and said he didn't know. Of course, he went down there so as to not be showed up, but he'll still be showed up because Joe Biden said this while he was eating an ice cream cone, not like a boss, then saying, oh, there might be some ceasefire. It's a temporary ceasefire in Hamas and in Gaza with the Israeli Defense Force. And it's temporary. It's temporary, folks. It's not going to last. It's not going to last at all. They're, they have to get, annihilate Hamas. Otherwise, it's like a cancer. It'll just metastasize again. So get rid of them. Fine. That's fine. But, uh, you know, it, it never had to happen in the first place, except for Joe Biden financed uh, Iran, and Iran's financing the Houthis in Yemen and uh, Hamas and Hezbollah. So, you go figure. Conflict always erupts when people have the financial means and the hatred in their heart to do so. But he's trying to take credit for that. While eating an ice cream cone, he says, well, according to my national security advisors, like Jake Sullivan, that's what's going on. So, this is another exclusive uh, from Breitbart. Biden admin planted operative Jeff DeSantis, no relation to uh, Ron DeSantis, Um, operative Jeff DeSantis in Fannie Willis' office to target Trump. So direct relationship. The Biden administration planted a Democrat operative inside a Fulton County office to target former President Donald Trump. Multiple sources familiar with the Fulton County District Attorney's office Exclusively told Breitbart News. If the Biden administration planted the operative, as the sources say, it would present a strong argument that the administration interfered in the 2024 presidential election. Yeah, what would be done about it? Nothing. So as I mentioned, Justin Trudeau announces that Canada will provide $3 billion. This is a theft from the middle class and a gift to Ukraine. It's going to be laundered, so it's really, in essence, a gift to the politicians, the globalist politicians, to help them win elections in a campaign year. So this brings a lot of questions to mind. Money is a, is but only one of them. If the Russians did actually hack the election, what the heck are we paying these guys for? And that's the National Security Agency, the Central Intelligence Agency, and the Federal Department of Ed- uh, Justice, so it's a DOJ. 
Um, FBI. Let's see, how much did we give? In 2016, we gave $9.88 billion, almost $10 billion to the NSA. We gave $44 billion, $44 billion. They need that much money to buy off politicians and steer elections in foreign nations. That's what they do. And then they brought their game home in the 2016 election with their $44 billion and came up with a stupid Russian hoax scheme because they're a bunch of morons down in Langley. But Central Intelligence <laughs> is what they call themselves. <laughs> they got $44 billion to screw it up. And the Department of Justice got $8.4 billion the same year. So that's a total of, what, $50, $60 billion? And they couldn't even muster up a a fair election they allowed russia to hoax it yeah give me a break what are we paying these people for at the same time new footage has just been released against uh this guy named chris gahoon Kuhn. it's spelled k-u-e-h-n-e a 22-year veteran who received awards including the purple heart He was sentenced to prison on Friday. One day after the raid, Kuhn's wife, Annette Kuhn, miscarried their baby. Kuhn was uh, present in the Capitol on J6, but did not engage in any violence. In the early morning hours of February 11, 2021, Chris, his four-year-old son, and his wife were woken up by the FBI as they ransacked his home. Kuhn was sentenced on Friday to 75 days in prison and 24 months of supervised release. He pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor count of obstruction of law enforcement during a civil disorder. So they came in in SWAT gear with machine guns and raided their house in the early morning to get him. More corruption. GOP chairwoman uh, now says she's leaving, but not until March 8th. Stop dragging it out, Rona. Leave and take your corrupt posse with you. Drain the swamp. So when is this woman ever going to leave the GOP that she annihilated, ruined? You know, the globalist, corrupt, Establishment uh, Republican. So Jack Posobiec writes this. Are we allowed to ask if the CIA building 12 secret bases? uh, Are we allowed to ask if the CIA who built 12 secret bases on the Ukraine border with Russia still means that Russian invasion was unprovoked? Huh? So that's like new information. So Laura Logan uh, spoke yesterday before Cap- on Capitol Hill, and um, she basically was talking about the COVID cartel and federal health agencies and what they are hiding. Now, this is a 12-minute and 30-second clip, 
So we're not going to play that clip, but we're going to play a shorter version of that. It says, Facts First USA, which is designed to make sure that your research never reaches the people or the public. In the name of preventing the spread of disinformation, they censor, silence, intimidate, and punish. And it's time for people in the building who come to work every day here to serve us. This is the only country where the people are the government. There, this is a government for the people, of the people, and by the people. All right, so let's take a listen to what she has to say here. This one's a little shorter, and we're going to go ahead and check it out. You, you said you've been targeted over the last 10 years. <clears throat> Can you Laura describe what precipitated your targeting? Yes, I'm reporting the truth about Benghazi. I was attacked by one of those NGOs that masquerades as a nonpartisan watchdog. In violation of its 5013C status, it occupies a highly partisan position. I'm talking about Media Matters for America. I'm sure there's many doctors in this room, scientists who've been attacked by the same people. Um, the same people that run that, David Brock, for example, another political assassin, now runs an organization called Facts First USA, which is designed to make sure that your research... Dr. Hazan never reaches, never reaches the people or the public. There are other organizations like Defeat Disinfo, which claims to be a pack that goes after disinformation, particularly set up to target COVID and throughout COVID with General Stanley McChrystal and the other people that advise that organization. But what, you know, Senator Johnson, it's not a secret that these organizations exist. What is not widely known and talked about is that it's paid for by us. It's paid for by the taxpayers in your omnibus spending bills that get shoved through the House and the Senate against the will of the people of this country. They are, there are cutouts for these NGOs. And what they do is they launder this money. They pass it from one NGO to the next. And in the name of preventing the spread of disinformation, they censor, silence, intimidate, and punish. I said that this is a death sentence for journalists. It's how you murder a journalist without killing them. It's how you murder a scientist without killing them. It's how you murder a doctor without killing them. It's how you murder the vaccine injured when they haven't died yet. It's how you finish them off and everybody else in their family. And it's time for people in this building who come to work every day here who's to serve us. This is the only country where we the people are the government. This is a government for the people, of the people, and by the people. And the same is said for so-called journalists. Del Brigtree, this man, has been targeted for simply going to the FDA hearings and filming them when they approve vaccines. Just filming them, not doing a thing, and putting that, putting that out and showing people there is no real approval process. They didn't actually do their jobs. And for that, he's been targeted for years, long before COVID ever hit. So it's time now for us to stop taking taxpayer funds to slit our own throats. Thank you. Wow, that that was powerful. Um, So as I said, Sweden has joined NATO today, clearing the final hurdle. Swedish uh, army uh, in full gay pride paraphernalia um, marching in a parade down the street. It's just ridiculous. Liberals are just so messed up in the head. So Newsweek reported this. Americans can now join Ukraine's National Guard, Zelensky says. So this uh, person, Buzz Patterson, says, I think Adam Kinzinger needs to be the first 
<laughs> it's nuts. All right. So this is kind of interesting. You know you're in a problem when liberals, liberals are upset about Trump's prosecutions. New York prosecutes couple for, oh, so, so, and Babylon B weighed in on it. It says New York prosecutes couple for fraud for listing their house for $499,000 when it ultimately sold for $489,000. Of course, Babylon B's satire, right? It's a joke. But take a listen to this. Joining me now is co-founder of Palantir and managing partner of 8VC, Joe Lonsdale. Joe, thank you for being here. I'm curious, your co-author, Jeb Bush, no fan of Donald Trump. Why did he feel compelled to weigh in on this? You know, Michael, I, I've never given Donald Trump a cent either. Uh, you know, I'm, I love America. I've built a lot of businesses in this country. I love building. I love investing here. And this is very scary. I see, I see the government weaponized against my friend Elon Musk. And listen, I don't love Donald Trump, but I was just with a bunch of my business friends who don't love him either. And all of them thanked me for writing this. They said, Joe, this is scary. What they're telling me is that if I speak up, if I run for office, they're going to come and they're going to find a huge way to penalize me for something that's just absolutely ridiculous. Like everyone knows Donald Trump probably didn't do this perfectly, but they know that dozens of others didn't either. And it's obvious he's being penalized an insane amount of money because he's Donald Trump. And that's not how America is supposed to work. Okay. You know the arguments in opposition to this being quote unquote victimless. The, the idea is that he inflated his value, therefore was given preferential interest rates. Even if he repaid them, he took advantage of those banks. You would say what to that? I would say that there's no one else in this country who would ever be fined even $50 million for this. It's, and, and finding him $400 million for this or whatever it is, is clearly because she's trying to get Donald Trump. And, it, and, and according to Kevin O'Leary, uh, the guy from Shark Tank, um, or, uh, I think his last name is O'Leary, and I think his first name is Kevin. But uh, in any case, he, um, he said, this is what's done every day. Taking advantage, like Smirconish here, is basically like taking advantage. That's what people do in business. They take advantage of opportunities. And it's up to the bank to actually assess the true value or what they think the true value is and then make an offer based on what they know. But, but you know, both sides are going to never really meet in the dead center in the middle. You know, if, if you're your best advocate, you're going to hedge, you, you're going to embellish your side and the banks who are going to pay or loan or make the sacrifice uh, to, to make a profit, um, literally are going to hedge their bets in favor of their side. So that is done in every business transaction. When someone sell, sells a house or a car, they always ask for 20% more you know, than, than they think that they're going to get. You know, They say, I'm going to ask for this. They don't expect to get that, but they're hoping to somehow you know, work it down to... The, the price that they ultimately wanted to get for it, whatever that is. It's business 101. So in court proceedings, Fulton County DA Fannie Willis argues that the Atlanta uh, the police department's cell phone tracking software in, the t- in use since 2017 
cannot prove anything relevant and provides little evidence that, well, that's not true. So what they're doing now is they got this cell phone tracking data, right? Something Skyhawk, Cellhawk or something. And they're literally tracking that they were together hooking up in the middle of the night uh, since 2019, which corroborates this other testimony, which corroborates the idea that they lied, which basically... Um, they were together before she hired them. She hired them because they were together. And she paid them double what they paid everybody else. She lied about that. She lied also that she would, you know, was going to replace the person who was sleeping with their subordinates. And uh, she was doing the same thing, but lying through her teeth about it and saying she would never do that. And she did it. So she broke campaign promises. She hired uh, nepotism, so it's a cronyism, not nepotism, but cronyism. And, um, you know, so many things are wrong with this. And now, you know, she needs to be thrown off the case. And if she's thrown off the case, um, and then you have, the, you know, Biden with a spy, uh, with this DeSantis guy. So it's kind of crazy. It couldn't have been more of a hot mess. So I don't know how they're going to go proceed and go forward with that case. The case needs to be thrown out. So there's a lot of uh, testimony coming out. Um, Dr. Ho- like Harvey Risch says the COVID virus and vaccines were used to justify continued funding of the U.S. bioweapons industry. And this is a, a pretty long nine minute and 37 second uh, audio clip. It says here, this work and the and and the WIV leak was the Wuhan you know, lab was what I consider to be the fruit of our bioweapons industry that has been performing secretive and nefarious biological weapons development for the last seventy years. The recognition of the possible accidental or unintent un. In, or intentional unleashing of an infectious agent capable of killing large numbers of humanity led to bioweapons treaty of 1975. Well, this guy goes on and he basically throws, fa- you know, NIH funded this. Let's just take a quick lesson. Our next participant is Dr. Harvey Risch, Dr. Institute of Virology in fall 2019. The initial cases paralleled the Wuhan subway line two, which passes by the WIV. The virus contains a unique 19 nucleotide genetic sequence that also exists in Moderna patents from 2017. So they knew it biological and spy intelligence information evidence that overwhelmingly implicates the WIV as the source of the leak. So this virus, the COVID-19 pandemic virus, exists because it was bioengineered. The WIV scientists used Ralph Barrick's genetic manipulation techniques, technology, at their insecure BSL-2 lab. So this was reckless work at the WIV that was funded by NIH through the DASHAC EcoHealth Alliance money laundry, as well as by large DOD and USAID grants. So just listen to that. That's a mouthful right there. NIH, which is uh, Collins and Fauci working with uh, Dayzak from Echo Health Alliance, laundering cash and uh, through a Chinese uh, cutout. Um, not far different than what Biden, the Bidens were doing with CEFT. 
Now, this work and the WIV leak was what I consider to be the fruit of our bioweapons industry that has been performing secretive and nefarious biological weapons development for the last 70 years. The recognition of the possible, possible accidental or intentional unleashing of an infectious agent capable of killing large numbers of humanity led to the Bioweapons Treaty of 1975. Right, so we've read that. But that is a mouthful. This, this guy is totally legit, Dr. Harvey Risch. Look him up. This was a committee testimony just from the other day. And um, I'm telling you, uh, if you go to my Twitter feed, uh, x.com, twitter.com slash Scott Adams show and follow me, you, you'll see these audio uh, and video clips that, that are available to you. Um, and I encourage you to watch the whole thing. Since we're in a limited time capacity, uh, we're limited as to what we can do. Geno- G- genomics uh, expert Kevin McKerna schools the fact checkers on the DNA contamination found in the COVID mRNA vaccines. Again, this is another like nine minute audio. The fact checkers have been continually wrong throughout the last year. This has gone on first. They claimed it was it wasn't there. Now the FDA and the regulatories have admitted it's in fact there. They uh, then they claimed it wouldn't get into the call cells. We're now shown that it is in fact the case. As expected, anything that's inside a lipid nanoparticle, uh, one would expect to get into a cell. Now we're starting to see early signs of DNA integration. So let's take a listen to this. And are not supported by any independent testing by these regulators. After the regulators have admitted to being deceived, they ask the opinion of the party that deceived them, how bad was the deception? They shockingly <laughs> believe the answer they were given, <laughs> which is that these sequences have no relevance to plasma manufacturing. As someone who has worked on the Human Genome Project... You see, it's just government red tape. It's so stupid. They were deceived by the people, and they asked the people that they were deceived by how badly they were deceived and expect to believe the answer. Crazy, right? All right, so I wrote this one. I said, see the difference? There's a picture of Ellis Island, people waiting for their examination, health examination, whatever, from like, you know, the early 19th century, um, or 18th century, or 20th century. Um, On the left were immigrants arriving at Ellis Island. On the right are today's lawless Biden ballot harvesters who behave like rodents, and consequently used as cheap labor replacements to American workers. This makes their corporate overlords happy and rich. And they have pictures of this guy wearing a F.U. All shirt as he's breaking our laws coming across the border. Um, just zero respect for who we are as a, as a people. It's an invasion. Biden and Mayorkas are guilty of that. So, marriage versus career. I have these short clips that I wanted to get to now. This is the potpourri part of the... This is a fun part of the show. So, we're going to lighten it up a little bit, but it's also... We're going to talk about these things. So, this is a a one-minute clip by Dennis Prager, someone I really have a lot of respect for. He's so smart. Let's take a listen. 
So whenever I meet a woman under 30, it's always strangers. So can I ask you a personal question? They always say yes. So I say, I'm just curious. Are you married? No. How old are you? 25. Okay, I got a question. I'm offering you two guarantees. You can choose one. And I want to make clear, if you choose one, it doesn't mean you can never have the other. It just means it's not guaranteed. Here are the two guarantees. A guarantee of a great career or a guarantee of a great marriage. And 50%, it's 50-50. Then there's no way to predict. Uh, Some tattooed Mm -hmm. girl will say great marriage and some clean-cut girl will say career. There's no no way to predict. I asked this of a Christian girl, 30-year-old, very attractive, who uh, knew who I was. We started talking, and I asked her this question, and she said, great career. That shocked me. Yeah, wow. So that's interesting. We just saw in the city of Camden, New Jersey. Now, I have something here that's going to be interesting. This one is very interesting. Facial scar discrimination experiment. Okay, this is by Constantine Kissin, someone else I really admire. Uh, He's a Brit. Uh, But he might be Russian, but he grew up in Britain. All right, so let's take a listen. They did an experiment with a group of women, and they put scars on their faces. And they told these women that they're going into a job interview to find out whether people with facial disfigurements face discrimination. They showed them the scars in the mirror. The women saw themselves with these scars. And as they led them out of the room, they said, we're just going to touch it up a little bit. And as they touched it up, they removed the scarring completely. So the women went into the job interview thinking that they are scarred, but actually being their normal selves. Those women then came back reporting massively increased level of discrimination. Many of them came back with comments that the interviewer had made that they felt were referencing their facial disfigurements. If you preach to people constantly that we're all oppressed, that we're all being discriminated against at different levels, that because I'm an immigrant, I'm automatically disadvantaged, that because I have dark skin, I'm automatically disadvantaged, then that primes people to look for that. We have to teach young people in particular that they're strong, that they're capable, that they're able to overcome adversity, not that they're victims. Yeah, I mean, that that is so powerful there because that's what the Democrats do with black people or minorities in general or women um, or, or, or gays or any of that. They're constantly telling them that they're uh, being discriminated against and that they're victims. And these people right away thought that there was a scar on their face and they thought, aha, that's the reason why I didn't get the job. But it, it, they didn't have a scar on their face at all. It was makeup that was removed, and they didn't know it. And so it's a frame of mind. It's psychology. And I thought that was a really brilliant test to hear. So um, I got one more. I, well, I have a couple of more, actually. A few more. Um, this is Milton Freeman. This is a good one. Hiring, hiring costs. Higher hiring costs. Take a listen. This flips the women's uh, equity movement on its head. Okay, I've never heard this argument before, and you're about to hear it. You're going to love it. If you say to them, hmm, you have to pay the same wage no matter whether you pay higher women or men, then here's Mr. Sexist Pig. It doesn't cost him anything to hire men instead of women. However, if the women are free to compete... And to say, well, now look, I'll offer my work for less. 
then he can only hire men if he bears a cost. If the women are really good as a man, as good as a man, then he's paying a price for discriminating. And what you are doing, not intentionally, but by misunderstanding, when you try to get equal pay for equal work laws, is what you are doing is reducing to zero the cost imposed on people who are, who are discriminating for irrelevant reasons. And I would like to see a cost imposed on them. Think about that, folks. So he was talking, addressing a woman's, a young woman, a women's lib kind of movement woman, saying equal pay for equal work, right? And it's never really equal anyway. You know, you don't see women standing in line to be a plumber or a welder. Um, so there's a lot of things going on there. But um, equal pay for equal work. Well, if women are truly as good as men, which... There's no reason to think that they're not in so many tasks. Then, then, then um, the fact that uh, a, a person can hire somebody for le- uh, equal for less, or end up hiring a man because he's discriminatory and uh, pays more for it, uh, well, that's a that's a tax. That's a burden on. He's paying more for the same or less, right? So there's a penalty associated with that behavior. Milton Freeman's the only one I've ever heard articulate it like that. So I, I thought that was pretty brilliant. Here's Morgan Freeman. This is uh, pretty good. You've heard I it don't before. mind the term African-American. I don't want to be called African-American. <clears throat> Why is that? I'm not African. Very <laughs> <laughs> strong. I love it. That 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 goes to the other one, right? Which is um uh where he said, you know, I don't want to do you want a Jewish history month? He says to Mike Wallace. He said, "Well, white history month." And Mike Mike Wallace says, "I'm Jewish." Do you want a Jewish history month? No, no, I don't. And I don't want a black history month. You know, and he's like, you stop calling me a black man, and I'll stop calling you a white man. And it was brilliant. You know, it's exactly, you know, the, what Constantine was talking about with regard to the scar example. If you're told that you're different or you're told that you're a victim, you're going to start to believe that and you're going to attribute every one of your deficits or every one of your rejections or every one of your denials or every one of your defeats and you're going to associate it with you being a victim of circumstance based not within your control. When actually, if you believe that you can control these outcomes, you would be more empowered. All right, so here's another uh, Constantine, Kristen Constantine. This one's pretty good. Russia has never had a democracy. If you say democracy to a Russian person, we've never had democracy. The first mention historically of Russia is 882. There's never been a single democratic transition of power, ever, ever. The only time Russia experimented with quote-unquote democracy was the period between 1991 and 1999 when Vladimir Putin becomes prime minister and eventually president. That period is probably one of the most traumatic periods in the history of anyone alive in Russia today. It was a time in which you went from a poor and unfree society, 
which was the Soviet Union, to a society of complete chaos, rampant crime. You were a university professor with a respectable job today, and tomorrow, and I mean tomorrow, you were selling your belongings in the street. Your children who were in school and doing well, suddenly your son was shipped off to fight in Chechnya, which you'd never heard of before, and your daughter was a prostitute. I don't mind the term African-American. Well, yeah, it's... it's it... It's true. I remember that I st I was studying politics and particularly Russian politics in school during the Gorbachev years, and Glasnost and Perestroika. Read the books. Um, uh, yeah, my God. Yeah, and then the transition into Yeltsin and uh, it, what my professor told me that I remember was. Anytime you switch from communism to capitalism, you're going to have hardship. And anytime you switch from capitalism to communism, you're going to have hardship. It's just that 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 changing of tides, you know, the ebb and flow. If you look at any stream, like the Hudson River in New York, um, has a six six hour tide, and it's a very rapid tide. And during the transition, uh, where the tide goes from north to south, to south to north. Um, you have this a lot of weight, a lot of rough water, because they're crashing into each other. Whoa! Our phone just went off. Uh, call. Um, I guess we're gonna t go ahead and take this caller. Um, caller, you're on the air. Well, I guess we must have hit a nerve because they uh, raided that homeless camp in Salt Lake City. They arrest 54 arrests. Um, of quite a bit of fentanyl. Firearms, and uh, wow, you know, yeah, they, this, this is what's going on in your homeless camps. But yeah. getting back to that Morgan Freeman interview, I, I watched that too myself, and I, I do love the man; he's, he's great. But transgenderism is the same thing. If we don't tolerate it and we stop talking about it, then you know it will go away. I mean, we, we just can't tolerate it. This this is why the court systems wanted to get rid of the death penalty because. By getting rid of the death penalty, we, we tolerate murder. And we take care of people, we put them away for life. There's no example. There's no recourse for their actions. And, and this creates lawlessness. But I just thought I'd give you that tidbit on the uh, homeless camp. Anyway, take care. Have a good day. All right. Thank you for calling in. Take care. <laughs> you bet. All right. Okay. There we go. Um, let's go ahead and take a listen to this one. This is uh, interesting, too. Where's the money coming from? Let's take a listen. Here's a list of the last six presidents comparing their net worth before and after their time in office. At number six, you have Ronald Reagan, who was worth around $10 million before taking office and then about $15 million after. Next, you have George H.W. Bush, who was worth around $4 million before and then $23 million after. Then you have Bill Clinton who came into office being worth around $1.3 million, but he left the White House with a stunning $241.5 million net worth. Next, you have George W. Bush, who came into office being worth around $24 million and then left office being worth around $40 million. Then you have Barack Obama, who was worth around $1.3 million before, and he left office with a net worth of around $70 million. And then lastly, you have Donald Trump, who came into office with a net worth of around $3.7 billion, but left with a net worth of around $2.5 billion. Now, let me ask you. So he lost a billion dollars, Donald Trump. He the only one that lost money. Out of all those presidents, why do you think President Trump was the only one to actually lose money while serving in the White House? 
Leave your thoughts in the comments and subscribe. Of course, we know why. <laughs> that answer says it says it all, though, right? Um, here we got this one. Breaking man, uh, breaking uh, man claims he was paid you uh, by Ukrainian intelligence to plant an IED on Tucker Carlson's vehicle while in Moscow. He has been detained by Russian forces. Wow. All right, let's take a listen to this. The government be like, watch. As a heads up, we lost about $3.8 trillion this year in military spending that we're currently not able to track. Oh, yeah, we also have about $5 trillion that we spent during the pandemic that we don't really know where it went. On that note, we have a $30 million F-35 fighter jet that we're actually not able to track right now either. Uh, it got lost. Speaking of missing money, there is this single mother in Alabama who hasn't paid us $2.12. So I'm thinking we send her to jail. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, right? That was a Michael Knowles clip uh, that he put together. Uh, I liked it. All right, so here's a questioner. This is a, a Trump supporter. This is what bothers me about the war in Ukraine. So he's asked Trump this question, and it's pretty good. Things you did in your first term was put America first, one of the right. many, many great things you did. That isn't the case in the last few years, which is evident with the unnecessary billions of dollars in foreign aid we have given specifically to Ukraine. So what is going to be the solution to fix all of that spending? Thank you very much, Kelly. Appreciate it. I like that question. I like this guy. I can tell. <laughs> but he's a man of common sense. I'm a man of common sense. You know, they say you're conservative, you're liberal, you're this, you're that. No, we're people of common sense. We need borders. We don't want to give foreign aid to countries that hate us. I mean, we're giving foreign aid to countries that hate us. If you look at the numbers in terms of the billions and even trillions of dollars that we give to foreign aid, of foreign aid, and yet we don't protect our own border. We don't protect our own military. We have the greatest, you know, I knocked out ISIS. Everyone said it would take four years. It took me three months to knock out, totally decimate ISIS. We took out Soleimani. We took out al-Baghdadi. We did a job like nobody's ever done. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't be in favor of giving $60 billion more for Ukraine? Because look, they said without that money, Ukraine will definitely lose the war, which would then empower Vladimir Putin and endanger um, so our allies. And I guess the thing that bothers me most, it would have never happened if I were president. Well, it did it happen. Never so happened. what are you going to do about it, it? But it would have never happened. Putin would have never done it for two reasons. Number one, I said, don't do it. He would never have done it. And the other reason was oil prices were low. At $40 a barrel, yeah. it doesn't work. What would you At $100 now? a barrel, he made a fortune during this war. So what I would do is, first thing I get on the phone is with the European nations, who are in for 25% of what we're in. We're in for over $200 billion. They're in for $35 billion. It's been about $100 billion so far, but it will be $160. It's, it's a difference of $150 billion. They've got to start paying up. You know, it affects them much more than it affects us. We have an ocean in between us. They don't have that ocean in between. They have to start paying up. And you know the, why they haven't paid? Because nobody asked him. Biden doesn't call. Does Biden lie awake at night, sleeping, tursing? Tur he turns for another reason, not for the reason we're talking about. <laughs> sweating, saying we got to get more. We've got to get them to pay up because there's a hundred and fifty billion dollars difference. I feel very bad. Remember this. 
You're really up against a war machine in Russia. Russia, what they do, they defeated Hitler, they defeated Napoleon. You know, they're a war machine. They're a much bigger country. Uh, Orban, who I think is a fantastic guy, a lot of people don't like him because he's a little bit on the tough side. He is the uh, prime minister of Hungary. And he said, and he came out very strongly, they asked him, what's going on? The whole world is collapsing. He said, if the United States elects Donald Trump, it'll all end. Everybody was afraid of Donald Trump. It'll all end. And I believe that's true. Yeah, I believe it's true, too. All right. What else do we got? We got a lot of stuff here. Um, all right. So here's one. The conspiracy theorists told you uh, they would put vaccines into our food supply. Well, let's take a listen. Can you give me an example of a food that's a vaccine? You reckon us? Yes, uh, University of California, Riverside, has already perfected the ability to put human vaccines into our lettuce right now. Also, toma- also tomatoes has the ability to do that also for UC Berkeley. And then uh, our big tobacco, R.J. Reynolds and stuff, has perfected the ability to put a human vaccine into in tobacco products. Chairman Clements. And is that even legal to do in the state of Tennessee to sell those with a vaccine in them? You recognize uh, well, I'm not arguing that point. What I'm saying is there is no law deeming those that when you go into a grocery store, you should know as a consumer, this head of lettuce is a head of lettuce. The head of lettuce right next to it could contain a vaccine in it. All we're saying is if it does have the vaccine in it, make sure it's listed as a pharmaceutical so people can get the proper dosage. Right. And we would like to hope that they do that. Um, but this is kind of scary. Um, electronic vehicles, uh, battery costs are skyrocketing. They're 20000 to 50000 to replace your electronic vehicle car battery. And then we have this one quick clip from uh, Julian Assange. Let's take a listen. There is no society anymore. What there is is a transnational security elite that is busy carving up the world using your tax money. To combat that elite, we must not petition. We must take it over. We must form our own networks of strength and mutual value, which can challenge those strengths and self-interested values of the warmongers in this country and in others that have formed hand in hand an alliance to take money from the United States, every NATO country, from Australia, and launder it through Afghanistan, launder it through Iraq, launder it through Somalia, launder it through Yemen, launder it through Pakistan, and wash that money in people's blood. Right. That's exactly what we've been talking about here on the Scott Adams Show for a long time. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. We had fun, some fun today. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out MAGAPAC.org. Make a donation if you'd like to continue to keep the Scott Adams Show commercial free because MAGAPAC is our, our nonprofit arm. And also use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow.com. And we'll see you next time grab a shovel, on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to there.